0: Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Oranogo. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now, for this week's teaching.
1: Hey, this is Scott Ensminger. Uh, we just finished up a podcast uh, talking about uh, community and accountability with Adam Scooty and and Jay Karp. Uh, still here with Peter. Um, so, mm-hmm. what did you think about what they said? anything jump out at you or anything you felt like got missed or anything or things that that maybe we even need to be thinking about as we go
2: into this podcast yeah I I think one of the things that's really important that both men touched on were it was the value of being involved in community as well as then drilling down a little bit deeper about the value of somebody knowing who you are and that the community itself acts as an engine to move you forward. So if I am just parenting for the first time, or if I have come off of some difficult relational experiences, or if I'm new in an area, um, being involved in a community actually moves me forward in the direction that I want to go. It doesn't stall me. So I don't become overly isolated and then stop my own personal and spiritual growth. And community just keeps us moving along with that community. It's like a, a current and a flow. Get in that current and flow, you go where that community goes. And the goal is to be involved in a good community so that you don't have to do all the work yourself. And then within that community or within a, a relationship that you have with somebody else, maybe not in a small group or maybe not at work, but another relationship, you're being honest about what's really happening in your life. And that way, you actually have somebody who can help you uh, be wiser than what you really are, be able to see areas of your life that uh, are like blind spots to you that you really can't get at or see because it becomes so natural that you just do something or say something that really doesn't need to be fixed. And you open yourself up then to somebody else's input. So if you're in a good community where you know that people really love and care about you, uh, they'll talk to you about matters that are really, really important. And even those difficult conversations are really about helping you to be better. And so you accept a conversation like, Scott, if you said to me, Peter, I don't know if you see this, but this is what's going on in your life, or I'm perceiving this is happening in your life. You're saying that to me because you like me. You're saying that because you want to protect me. You're you're saying that because you want me to get better. You're not doing it to be vindictive or mean-spirited. And so when you're in a relationship with a healthy community and in a relationship with uh, good relationships, those people will stand up for you and be willing to have the conversation. Jake was talking that we have to have a good enough relationship that we've earned the right to say that. Mm. But once we have that, I can rest in the fact that if you see something or somebody else sees something in my life, that you question about or an attitude or the way that I'm talking about somebody, you've earned the right to say, tell me a little bit more about this because it seems like you're really upset about this or it seems like you're really doing something and do you know that it can, it can be perceived as something else than maybe what you intended. And so this whole idea of community is important. And I guess I would say this to kind of con- even conclude what they were talking about. We started with talking about how community begins with God as a triune being. But we are living in a fallen world where we don't function 100% the way that we should. And in a community that loves us and cares about us with relationships that care about us, we're going to function better. And if I am out of a good community or I'm not in a relationship with somebody who cares about me, then I will tend to function less well. And so this idea of Father, Son, Holy Spirit as our first community um, is really important so that we should all function better when we're in community. Also, and one of the things that I appreciate
1: that they talked about in the way that you used segue into it was was also about um, accountability. And we, you know, through all these podcasts, we keep talking about you have to be intentional. Yes, this just proves you have to be intentional with community or who your friends are. Mm-hmm. But also, when you have good community like that. Accountability just kind of naturally happens. You even talked about that a moment ago, but um, you know, I think it was Adam that talked about that he used to think of accountability was just was just to confess all the things he had sinned or yeah. d- done wrong. Yeah, and a little bit of a different um, for all of us just to see that a little bit differently. Anything about mm-hmm. that they said about uh, accountability or anything that just comes to light after that conversation that you had mm-hmm. with them?
2: Yeah, um, both men were talking about how accountability is. Um, the person giving permission to have those conversations, but to also have those, again, be intentional and focused so that even if you're talking about something that you feel like has been a failure in your life, you don't stall within that failure. And so you always have to have a model. You always have to have some goal. You always have to have a destination. And then the question is, what do I need to do to get back on track to be moving forward toward that destination? So while we are talking about who we are and what's important to us and trying to be the right kind of people, we also need to have cheerleaders or we need to have coaches or mentors in our lives, so to speak, who are watching us, you know, watching our lives with us is a good way to say that and notice that if we really veer off somewhere or we um, really have some trouble or if we feel the weight of the world on us in some way or if there's a lot of conflict going on in our lives, that, that goal can still be put in front of us of, hey, don't forget about this goal and keep moving toward this goal. We know it's really, really tough, but don't get sidetracked and keep persisting to be Christ-like. Keep persisting to put in these rhythms that we're talking about. Keep persisting in coming to this group, even though your life is very stressed out right now. And so the whole idea of accountability is some of where you get your energy from. And it also is what refocuses you when you can't keep your focus yourself. Okay, well,
1: anything else you want to say or add to this before we start this podcast?
2: No, I think this is really great, and I think people will really enjoy listening to what uh, Jake and, and Adam have to tell us about these topics. Okay, so here's today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Jake and Adam to our podcast today and would like for them to introduce themselves to you when they take uh, an answer to this first question, what is community and why is community so important? So I'm going to hand it on off to Adam and tell us a little bit about yourself and then jump into this question for us.
0: Hey, my name is Adam Scudi, and I've had the pleasure of being on staff here at Christ Church for almost 12 years now, uh, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. It's been an incredible journey uh, with the Lord and just seeing the opportunities and adventures that ensue each day. Uh, But community. Wow. Community. What what an amazing topic. What a huge topic. I think if we really want to see community, uh, just in a general way, and then we can talk more specifically, I'd go back to before time began, right? So here is God alone, uh, father, son, and Holy spirit Mm -hmm. living in perfect community. And and that is the way in which love is and love is expressed. Uh, and so Mm -hmm. he, they always lived in perfect community, loving and giving love and cooperating, discussing, talking. I mean, who knows what all happened? You know, like, what were the conversations you think, Peter, before creation, right? Like, hey, Jesus, what are are we going to do here? Hey, Mm -hmm. Spirit, how are you going to do that? Like, Father, what are we, you know, like, I, I mean, have you thought about that?
2: Not too much, because it's just hard to fathom what that would be like. It really is. It
0: really is. And Jake, I mean, I don't know if you've had any of those conversations and, you know, Jake's working on his master's right now, which is really an exciting thing. And and do they, have you talked about that? Have you thought about that?
3: Yeah. So theologically they say the best conversations were their favorite flavor of ice cream, (laughs) (laughs) but no, seriously, the... Just all of that kind of stuff is so speculative that it's really hard. So it's just fun to think about and imagine.
0: It truly is. I, You know, and imagine is a great word. I heard Peter once say that we have to use our sanctified imagination. Yes. And yes. I think those are, are great things to happen, although we definitely want to stip, stick to scripture and, and make sure that we see what it says. But since the beginning, uh when creation happened. This is something we don't have to be speculative on. Mm -hmm. Is that there's this amazing thing that God creates Adam out of the dust of the earth and and he, he forms him and shapes him. And and because they have relationship, he gives them responsibility. And the first responsibility is to name the animals. And I imagine that as they're walking by him two by two in pairs, male and female, he's recognizing that I'm a male but there's no female and God causes this deep sleep to come upon him. And he takes a rib out of his side and he fashions a woman. And we all know the joke mm-hmm. that when he woke up, he saw her and he goes, Whoa, man. <laughs> um, but, but this is, this is how God created the, the first community with mm-hmm. him and with male and female. And then he says, be fruitful and multiply. And so, so loving and giving love and, and being together in a community has always been part of God's plan.
2: Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you're talking about, I think, is really important, too, to recognize that... God has created this community, male and female, which gives value to everybody within that community because we are all created in His image. So when we're talking about community, we're also talking about the sustaining of value and the involvement of people in significant ways with each other so that they can belong and feel like they're having a real part of each other's lives. So Jake, let me hand this on over to you. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and introduce the idea of community to us and a little bit about why that's important.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Jake Harp, uh, and I've been at Christchurch for going on 6 years now. I uh, started out as an intern here in our admin department and have just been given opportunities to grow and to learn from the people here and uh, the staff, the elders and, and even just the the people who aren't paid but that uh, contribute just as much to this church and so I've been super grateful. A uh, few things about me. I have a wife, her name is Zoe. Uh, we've been married for over, or about six years now. Yikes, don't tell her I said that. Uh, and we're expecting our first kid in yeah. Yeah. July. Yay. Congratulations. So, yeah, thank you. So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we are not talking about the name, mm-hmm. <laughs> which apparently is a thing. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, but other than that, yeah, it's it's been a great learning experience. And, and so one of the things that I really like about our community in Joplin, but specifically at Christchurch, is that we do value community. Uh, and to take a, a little bit of a different spin, just because, you know, we've already gone over the how God created it initially and how God was there in community. Um, to move it to the New Testament, we see Jesus, when he uh, starts his ministry, he chooses 12 men to follow him. And then he has 70 people that are a little bit farther out uh, in in the discipleship realm that that are also following him around, but that are uh, not quite as close. And then he's got his four inner people. And so we see Jesus create community around himself uh, so that the mission of God can continue the mission that God had started from the beginning uh, to bring all people into relationship with him. And that was continued and Jesus redeemed that. And so uh, after Jesus left, you know, we see the community, start to expand to just great degrees through the work of the apostles and through the work of Paul. Uh, And one of my favorite passages of scripture is actually Acts 2, 42 through 46. And uh, it just talks about how the early church, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Mm -hmm. And so that fellowship looked uh, very specific for them. And, you know, it's hard to know whether or not how the early church reacted is that prescriptive for us, like do we have to do exactly what they do or is it descriptive? Is it just uh, telling us what the early church did? And I think it's a little bit of both. And so I think we can take our example from what they do. Um, And in Acts 2, it says that all the believers were together and had everything in common. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And so we see uh, the early community, they met Big in corporate gatherings in the temple courts, and then they met in their homes in these smaller gatherings. And so uh, something that I'm really missing about this COVID crisis is that we are not able to meet corporately as big gathering, uh, but we can still meet together as our families and hopefully soon in smaller gatherings in our homes. And so uh, that's really what community means to me. And, you know, we're going to unpack a little bit more as this continues.
2: Mm -hmm. Let's add to this right now and talk about why is community so important? Why are we wired uh, for community and what happens to us if we don't have community?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, when you say that, my mind goes to this study they did with infants and how they would. They had a, a group of infants that that were newborns, and they all they did was feed them, change them, put them to sleep. There was no, there was no holding on to them, no hugging them, no patting them on the head or rubbing their back there was there was it was simply these three things feed them change them put them to sleep and they and then there was another group that that they they played with and they you know cooed with and all those mm-hmm. all those fun things you do with newborns right and and they saw that within 3 days that there was there was a deteriorating life within these newborns that they weren't paying attention to that this interaction was so vital to the very life that they had that, that it, was, it was amazing evidence that we need interaction, we need fellowship, we need mm-hmm. we need love and we need care, we need to be affirmed and we need to encourage others and be encouraged. Mm-hmm. And this is just woven into our DNA.
2: Yeah, you're talking about something psychologists call the failure to thrive mm. and that when we're left alone, there is a failure to thrive, which is a really important concept, a truth for us to be aware of, especially right now when there is all the physical distancing that's going on and community could be a little bit harder as people feel stressed out, they might feel like the quality of their life is actually decreasing. And so, community—this idea of fellowship, Jake—that you talked about really plays into the quality of our lives. Oh, so, Jake, let me hand it to you. What are some of the reasons that community is so important?
3: Yeah, and I, I think that's a good question for all of us to ponder. Um, and I would kind of throw it back a little bit and say, I don't know why we were created for community. I think that's just how God created us. And so, uh, I think it's less important why and more important that we were created for a community. And so it would be hard to explain, but it is very easy to, to look at what Scripture says about community, and it's very easy to look at uh, even what science says about community and say we need this to survive, we need this to thrive, and we need this to be within God's will for our lives.
0: And I think when we when we look at these, these questions, right, the interrogative questions, um, when we talk about community, it really is the answer to the two biggest questions we have in life like who am i and why am i here hmm. and i'll never know who i am outside of community with god and others who affirm me who tell me who i am who continue to encourage and and help me walk into that place that i've been created to walk hmm. and and belong and and it answers the question of why am i here because I believe wholeheartedly that, that we're here for one another, uh, in, a, in a very, uh, being sense that we're to love each other, to care for each other, to lift one another up. And then, and then we have specific purposes and those align with the gifts that God has given us. And so, but, but none of that can function outside of community. Mm-hmm. It has to function within a community that like Jake said, I, I love what he said, that the small community and then the larger community, the corporate community. And and I heard one someone once say, the large community is large enough to dare, but not, sh- not small enough to care. Mm-hmm. And the small community is small enough to care, but oftentimes doesn't have enough manpower, if you will, people power, to, to dare to do these greater things. And so having the both and is a beautiful thing within the church. And that's why we encourage people, and Jake will testify to this all day long— Get connected into a group, whether Mm -hmm. that's a community group or a life group or a rooted group, because those are so essential for the thriving, like you said, Peter, Mm -hmm. of our community and of our lives.
2: Mm -hmm. There is an exciting synergy that happens when you're involved in a good community, uh, a good group of people, because Mm -hmm. the positive builds on each other. Just like if you're in a situation that's constantly negative, you can become more negative, When you're in a really good group, uh, the opportunity to thrive really increases. And it brings out more of the better self, more of the mature self that we're trying for. Plus, it gives us some great models, which we'll talk about later about accountability and the value of having somebody who journeys with us. But before we do that, uh, why don't we talk about some examples of some community, some groups? You mentioned a couple that we already have now. And Jake, let me just hand this to you Uh, in the area of small groups um, and just your a view of what fellowship couldn't look like, especially right now with COVID. What, what does the church offer? But beyond that, what are some really great fellowship opportunities or ways that people could experience community?
3: Yeah. So obviously we've had a lot of big challenges because of the COVID virus. We're, you know, we're not allowed to meet in gatherings of more than 10 people, but really just being encouraged to stay home as much as possible. And so uh, that throws a lot of what we try to do with our small groups in kind of a a wrench, it throws a wrench in the plan because no longer are we allowed to meet in person. Uh, And so we've had to be very, very intentional about uh, having our group leaders reach out to the people within their small groups uh, in an intentional way, but also at a distance. And so that's made it more difficult. And so uh, one of the things that we've strongly encouraged people to do is continue to meet on Zoom or mm-hmm. on Google Hangouts, just some kind of video conferencing tool uh, that allows them to get that face-to-face contact. Uh, because even though you can't touch someone, you know that would be the idea where you can hug them and, and be there in the same room. Uh, it's kind of the next best thing, all things considered. And so most of our groups have latched onto that pretty well and have uh, said, hey, it's frustrating, but we're glad to continue to do this. And so I know with my own personal small group, it took uh, a little bit of time to get used to that, Change, but it was a good thing overall. And so uh, in our small groups, we really try to focus on four pillars of group life. And so we really want groups to pray together, study, serve, and just have fellowship together. And so we've had to be very creative on specifically how to have fun together. And so uh, I have friends that are a lot more fun than I am. (laughs) And so they're able to help me brainstorm ways that groups can meet together and still have fun. And so uh, we've had some groups play games online. And so... Uh, As weird as that sounds, there are games that have been designed so that you don't have to be in the same room together. And so uh, it's kind of like a video game only for adults of what we're encouraging people to do. Uh, But groups are still able to easily pray together. Uh, They're still able to keep one another accountable through that uh, avenue, and they're still able to study. And so an opportunity that a lot of groups have uh, in terms of the individuals that make them up is because a lot of people are staying home more now, there's a lot of time to reset our rhythms. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of groups and a lot of people have gotten into a spiritual rut where they just kind of continue to do the same things. But now they're able to say, hold on, what's important? Uh, You know, has my study life gotten into a rut where I'm not really doing it? Has my prayer life just become stale? And so as we analyze just how to continue our walk with Christ, to continue to uh, move along the pathway to become more mature believers, uh, this is a great time to reset those rhythms.
0: Mm -hmm. I love what Jake mentioned about some of those, um, you know, we're, we're all diving into this, like, worldwide web internet type of, <laughs> Jake always <laughs> makes fun of me. Uh, what, do, what, do, what do you say? You, you always make fun of gmail.com, yeah. right? <laughs> but, but, but really like I'm, I'm a little older and, and so this, it is, it's a new world, but what's fascinating is we're discovering things like Google Hangouts and, and Zoom. But, but really uh, a couple of the things that have been really cool for me is one of the groups I'm, i I meet with and, and we do every Tuesday morning, on on zoom but we also have been doing this marco polo thing and Mm -hmm. it's these short little Mm -hmm. videos and and you know i mean bella bella my daughter and i and my family we were making homemade pasta the other day and we're just we're just marco poloing different people to showing them what Mm -hmm. we're doing and it's just super fun and so there are ways to stay connected and be connected and one of the things i'm really excited about too jake mentioned games and what was the name of that app jake uh
3: we use jackbox games
0: yeah jackbox games so so i was checking it out and i was talking to jake yesterday or the other day about it it, but our, our rooted group who's continued to meet is via zoom and, and all those things is going to do a, one of those nights, mm-hmm. one of those game nights. And Jake was really generous and offered to host and that way Bethany and I can play along with our group. And so we're really looking forward to that. So there are fun ways in which this community, even though we're distanced can mm-hmm. stay connected mm-hmm. and, and close.
3: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think the word there is intentionality. And so I think a lot of times It's less intentional when you're just kind of in a a good rhythm. But right now, because we're all kind of thrown out of our normal routines, uh, we have to be very intentional about uh, both reaching out to other people and telling other people when we're struggling.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great segue into the second part of what we want to talk about, and that is accountability, Uh, reaching out, being honest, being open. So I'm going to hand the same question, same kind of question to the two of you. What is accountability and why is it so important?
0: Yeah, accountability is uh, such an interesting word. Um, you know, in my walk with the Lord and in in this community of of Christians, there's been a an evolving uh, growth, I guess you'd say, uh, in my perspective and understanding of accountability. When I was when I was a younger Christian. Um, I, I was told, well, you, you got to get together with some guys and, and you got to confess your sin. And, and, and this was this was the focus of accountability. It was almost like, hey, get together and, and you know, and confess sin. And, and, and confession of sin is super, super important. I mean, James encourages us in, in James five uh, night. 16. He says, therefore confess sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And so confession of sin is really an important piece of this community and accountability. However, when confession of sin becomes the priority, then the focus starts to become sin. Mm -hmm. And our focus doesn't want to be sin. It wants to be Jesus. And so as I grew and, and the Lord grew me, my accountability groups, if you will, um, they look a lot less like, Hey, here's how I messed up. And a lot more like, this is what I'm reading in scripture. This is what God's Mm -hmm. showing me. This is how he's affirming me. This is how he's challenging me. And, and, and hearing that from others and being encouraged by that. And, and in that, the environment, there's the freedom to confess sin, but that's not the reason Mm -hmm. we're there. Mm -hmm. We're there to encourage each other and challenge each other. And, you know, like Hebrew says, spur one another
2: on to good deeds. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that you're talking about is to really pay attention to the focus Absolutely. of accountability so that it actually works with you to move you forward rather than stalls your progress. Definitely. Because I think all of us could say we might have been in situations where we have been honest about something, but it has really stalled our progress because it's focused too much on something that stops us rather than on something that moves us forward. Yeah. So.
0: And it's, it's like you were talking about before. When you're in an encouraging environment, there's exponential return. Yes. Yeah. But when you're in a discouraging environment, there's exponential return. Yeah. And so we, we, uh, a lot of times with the guys through encounter and, and just different guys I meet with, we, we always use this old computer acronym, G I G O, which stands mm-hmm. for garbage in garbage out. And we, and we encourage each other with, Hey, what are you letting in? Cause what you let in is going to come out. But the opposite is true. Also good things in good things out. And so we want to be very mindful of, of allowing good things in and then, and then seeing that
2: natural process of good things coming out. Yeah, excellent. Jake, why don't you build on this?
3: Yeah, yeah. So you definitely took, I think, what the key verse about accountability is, Hebrews 10, 25, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Uh, And I liked what you said about how accountability is not just, oh, hey, I looked at pornography this week, so... And then we just keep going and we keep doing those same things, but that we actually focus our attention on Christ and that we focus the attention of those relationships, uh, not on the sin itself, but on the uh, greater thing than the sin, what saved us from our sin. And so uh, I think just to piggyback off of that, I think accountability is a voluntary relationship. And so uh, I think too many times in my personal walk, I've tried to hold other people accountable to things that uh, they did not want to be held accountable for. And you run into problems because they didn't invite you into that relationship. And so I would say a huge part of accountability is uh, being in an intentional relationship with someone so that you have permission to speak uh, where there are issues. And that they also have permission to speak that back into your life. Um, Another kind of aspect that goes along with accountability is I, I think, you know, when we look at the life of of Paul and, and Barnabas and Timothy, uh, we use these kind of analogies. So who's your Paul? Who's the person that's pouring into you that's more of a mentor type person, someone who's farther along than you in the faith? And so you look at a Paul and Timothy relationship. Um, but I think it's very important for us to have Barnabas relationships or Barnaby. Um hmm. Multiple Barnabases. Nice. <laughs> nice. I think that's Barnaby. right? Yeah, it's Barnaby. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, it's a theological term. Uh, and so Barnaby, it's, it's important to have uh, people who encourage us and walk alongside us that are at similar places to us uh, in the faith, and then also to not neglect our, our relationships with our Timothys. So people who we are farther along the spiritual pathway than they are, uh, but that we can continue to pour in and offer the kind of accountability that we have also been offered um, by other people in our lives.
0: Absolutely, and I, I would I would say that, and and this may be your next question I don't know but but it begs the question right mm-hmm. like how how do I how do I how do I yes. find a Paul how do I find Barnabai? <laughs> and how do I find a Timothy and and I think when when we look at Matthew ten and Luke ten and they're parallel passages but Luke ten Jesus is sending out the seventy two uh, that are following him and he says hey so when you enter a house. First, say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town, we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. And so that that is a really obscure, like, what are we talking about here? And how does that relate to how, who do I connect with? And who do I invite into my community? But I think what we see is that Jesus is saying there, there are natural, pe- there are people that you naturally connect with. And, and we can't explain it. We don't, we don't understand it. It's just there's a connection, right? And I would say that those are people of peace. And so when I, when I break this down and I look at it, who are the people of peace in your life? In other words, who are the people that you like? Who are the people that are, you are willing to help? Who are the people that you believe in, in a, if you're looking for a mentor, believe, model the life and ministry of Jesus the way you want to, and who are you willing to follow as they follow Christ? And then with with peers, Barnaby, right, we can ask these same questions, like, are they modeling the life of Jesus the way I'd like to, right? And then it asking yourself, like, are there people that like me that are willing to notice the people that help you? That's a really interesting thing. When you're out and about, and, and you'll notice there are some people that, that when works to be done, they kind of drift away, mm-hmm. and then some people lean in. The people that lean in are very significant because oftentimes those are the people that like you and are willing to help you and are willing to follow you as you follow Christ. So make note of that. And they may be people that you have an open door to invest in. And so I think we gather a lot through these passages of Matthew 10 and Luke 10 and seeing who are the people that could be a part of this community as we move forward.
3: Hmm. And I think to piggyback off of that, uh, just a more of a personal note, uh, I think it's important for, for those of us who are, uh, have been walking with Christ for a long enough time to go fishing for people. And so it's not that everybody will uh, be receptive to what you're saying, but, uh, if you're not putting yourself out there and offering yourself in relationship to other people, uh, you're not going to be able to make disciples unless you're asking people, uh, you know, the next thing. And so I can remember personally, uh, I was sitting at my desk one day at Christ church and just working on some admin tasks. I don't remember what it was. Uh, and I had the book seven habits of highly effective people just sitting next to me. I had been going through it and, uh, Adam Scooty here, he walked by and he was like, Oh, that's interesting. What are you reading that for? And I just was like, Oh, you know, I thought it would make me a better person. He's like, what does God say about being a highly effective person? And I was like, oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Those Scooty questions. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, well, honestly, I don't know. Uh, and so uh, I think being receptive, and, and then Scooty went on one of his Scooty uh, talks. Tangents. Tangents, yeah. rants. Tirades. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but he was very gracious with me, and he, he just walked through, you know, what, what he believed made us a highly effective, quote-unquote, person in the eyes of God. And I think it was at that point that Scooty knew, oh, Jake's actually listening to what I'm saying. Jake's uh, receptive mm-hmm. to that, and that's not a pat on my own back, but just I'm glad that Scooty entered into that relationship. And and after that, uh, we had several more conversations, and then Scooty started discipling me very specifically with a group of other guys. And so uh, I think had he not cast that initial net and just said, hey, you know, what do you think about this? Uh, there would have never been an opportunity to enter into a relationship, he wouldn't have known that I was a person receptive to uh, someone teaching me in that way. And so I really appreciate him for that. And so I would encourage other people to do that for others as well.
0: And I think that's a great example because it is like, how are you going to know if people are receptive to you unless you start a conversation, unless you enter into a relationship or at least open a door for that possibility. And mm-hmm. so forever grateful for Jake and, and just the guys that were in that discipleship group. And we continue to be close and, and love each other well
3: yeah hundred percent and and I would also say it, it's so like nerve wracking to make that first step, and so I don't want to take away from the putting yourself out there with just entering into maybe a spiritual conversation with someone that hasn't previously uh it's it's only been small talk up to that point and so uh just encourage you to pray for boldness in that and uh if you need encouragement from people who uh, i don't even and know pray for
0: opportunity yeah, yeah, right
3: yeah absolutely. because yeah. because
0: that's the thing we're talking about is like God. It, so I, I may have shared this story, but, but in trying to teach my son Grayson about the opportunities that God gives us, we, uh, we, were, we were going out, just him and I, we, 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 you know, mandate or we call it grand adventure, right? And so, um, so this was a few years ago, and, and we we're talking about, like, God gives us opportunities if we're aware. And so we, we went to GameStop because he loves that place, and before we got out of the car, we just, I just said, hey, let's just pray for opportunity. And so we prayed for opportunity, and and we get out of the car, and we're going to GameStop, and there's this woman that's just kind of, she just looks lost. And, and we go over, and we ask, like, are you okay? Do you need anything? And she doesn't speak English. Mm. And so in the worst broken Spanish ever, I'm like, do you Spanish? And she's like, No. And I was like, Okay, parlez-vous français? Because I speak mm-hmm. French. And, and she said, Yes. And well, she said, We. Oui. Um, but um, <laughs> <laughs> <hey>. <laughs> there you go. Um, but uh, but so then we had this conversation, and so she was trying to find price cutter because they had a best uh, a Western Union there, and she needed money. She was from Equatorial Guinea, and she was a student at MSSU and she had just gotten there and didn't know her way around. And so we were able to give her a ride. Um, she got her money. We gave her a ride back to MSSU. We were able to invite her to church and and all these things and, and pray with her. And it was just an amazing thing. And it's just incredible to me how when you ask for opportunity, God oftentimes gives it. Now he may not give it immediately like he gave it yeah. that day, yeah. but what an amazing thing. Grayson and I still reminisce about that because it's it's pretty incredible. So just take those opportunities in your life, you know? throw the net out. Like Jake said, and sometimes you come up with just water, but every (laughs) once in a while, the grace Mm -hmm. of God gives you some fish. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, as we uh, get ready to close this podcast out, um, let's not neglect to tell people how they can get involved in community. So someone's listening today. They're thinking, I really would like to be more involved in community.
3: What are some ways that they could do that? Yeah, absolutely. So I would encourage people as the primary way to get involved into a a small group environment. So this is not necessarily a one-on-one relationship, but this would be a a group of 10 to to 14 people. Uh, I would encourage them to get involved in something called Rooted. And so Rooted is a 10-week discipleship experience that that gets groups into uh, healthy small group rhythms. And so within that experience, uh, we serve together, we pray together, we study God's word together, uh, we learn about our spiritual gifts, and we tell our stories And one of the things that I really like about Rooted is it sets the rhythms for a small group out in a very, very good way. And so after going through Rooted, uh, most groups will end up staying together as a small group for a longer period of time as they get to know one another better, as they get to know God better. And so they're able to grow in their relationships uh, with God and with others, and that's ultimately the goal of discipleship. And so uh, the next time that we're starting Rooted, we're thinking about starting a summer session, but the next for sure time that we will launch Rooted will be in the fall. So that will be in early August or, I mean, late August or early September. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the summer group
2: will certainly depend on what happens with all of our physical yes, distancing requirements. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Uh, and if if rooted doesn't sound like something that you're comfortable with at this time, I would just encourage you, reach out to me, reach out to Peter, reach out to Scooty, uh, reach out to Scott Ensminger or Dana Hudson. Uh, we'd love to get you plugged in somewhere. Uh, and ultimately, we're just trying to get people plugged into where they're able to thrive and grow in their relationship with God and others.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the things that, that's fascinating to me is Jesus, when he's calling his disciples, he, he says, before before any grand invitation, right? He's like, come and see. And so if if that's where you are, hmm. if, if it's just a come and see stage, right? And you're like, what's this Christ Church really all about? Come and see. And a great place to do that is our Next Step Coffee. Now, obviously, right now we're not doing those, but I imagine that Sue Crescent and the crew are probably cooking something up, <laughs> to do a podcast or something to say, hey, this is who we are. This, yep. These are some of the areas that you can connect, and it, we'd love to talk to you. But like Jake said, reach out to the church. Just say, hey, I, I want to find out what, what's this all about, and, uh, and that's a great way to go about it. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, thank you very much for being here, um, Adam and Jake, and um, that wraps it up for our pad- podcast for today, and we'll see everybody... A little bit later. Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Thanks, guys.
3: Thanks
0: again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more
2: resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.